0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew with you today. Thank you so much for joining in. We're gonna get to a lot today, a week five preview, some storylines I'm looking at. But first, before we get into that, as we always have to, let's start with the Word of God. And today we're gonna go and we're gonna read Psalm chapter seven, verse 17. It says, "'I will give thanks to the Lord "'because of his righteousness, and sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Sometimes we need to get back to just praising the Lord, singing songs of praise to Him because He is good and He is worthy. All right, guys. So let's get to it. We're going to go, as we always do, we're going to go game by game. I'll review some storylines I'm looking at um, fantasy-wise, and then at the end we will get to the Get Real segment today. But first we're going to start with the Thursday night game that um, just went by with the Bears and Commanders. This was a weird game. The Commanders just did not not show up, um, mainly on defense, but also a little on offense as well. So for the Bears, with them scoring 40 points, a lot of those touchdown passes that DJ Moore caught were just blown coverages. This DB is trying to cut the route with no help behind them, and they missed. DJ Moore caught it, nobody to compete with, ran for a touchdown. So if you had DJ Moore or if you had Justin Fields in your lineup, you are just so happy right now because it's been a little bit of a struggle the first few weeks. But congrats to you guys. This week it really paid off. And for the commanders, you just gotta hope up you just gotta hope that this was just a bad week at the office because it looked it looked awful. Sam Howell played hard. I was impressed with him in that second half. He played his guts out. But for some reason, they are not targeting their best players on offense, Terry McLaurin and Jahad Donson. They only got a few targets each. It was really strange. They spread the ball around really well. And um, the other thing is with Brian Robinson Jr., he looked good, but when the game gets out of hand, he doesn't get the ball much. So that's something to watch going forward. But for now, you have to continue trotting these guys out there and hope that they get their act together on offense and defense with this team and my heart goes out to you guys who decided to stream that Washington defense I almost did I didn't didn't pull the trigger on that so to speak because I don't know I just like I don't I don't know if I want to and I didn't get the chance to in a couple weeks that I might have so thank the lord because they got negative points that was awful okay and now to the Sunday slate we're going to start with the London game Jaguars and the Bills. The storyline I'm looking here for the Jaguars is can this offense get any anything going? Mainly with Trevor Lawrence. Their passing has been fine to average, but it hasn't been great, like advertised, like it was supposed to. So can Christian Kirk and can Calvin Ridley really just get something going? Especially Calvin Ridley. He had one good game, and since then it's been kind of eh. He's one of my buy low targets right now because I, I do believe in him. But it's up to the coaching staff and Trevor Lawrence to give him the ball. Something's got to change quickly there. And then for the Bills, the storyline I'm looking for for them is Dalton Kincaid still hasn't done much. So if you are thinking about dropping him, picking up somebody that could really help, maybe a Jake Ferguson, I'm okay with that. I still believe in the talent of Kincaid, but he just hasn't panned out just yet. He might be one of those late bloomers. So I still have him on a bench on a couple leagues, but it's it hasn't really looked that great. And then next, we're going to go to the Texans and Falcons. So for the Texans, what I'm looking for here is CJ Strout is just just good truly is a good player he is having this offense move the ball down the field and score points so if you picked him up off of waivers congratulations to you that was wonderful you're you're gonna be in such good shape going forward with that move and then with damien pierce he's another one of my buy low candidates because he hasn't looked great but he's getting a lot of volume and the texans offensive line is gonna get healthy they've been so decimated With injuries, they'll get back, and Damian Pierce will have more running lanes, especially with his passing game looking the way it does. So if if you're needing to pick up a running back for the future, you have a couple pieces you can trade. I would try to get Damian Pierce off the manager who might be losing hope in him. And for the Falcons, I mean, it's only Bijan Robinson that you can trust right now because Desmond Ritter just isn't any good. I truly believe the coach isn't agreeing with this. He's saying the right things and wanting to continue with Ritter, but I believe that he's going to get benched. He's got to if the Falcons truly wanted a shot at the playoffs this year. So if you have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, can't start him yet, but I wouldn't drop him just in case they do go to Heineke because Heineke can sling it. He's he's a guy that will take chances, and I would trust him to get the ball to those guys much more than Ritter is. And then next, we're going to the Panthers at the Lions. This one's going to be interesting. This has a huge point spread. Everyone's thinking the Lions are going to dominate the Panthers, but I kind of think it's going to be a closer game than people kind of are feeling on this. Lions will win most likely, but I think it's going to be a one-score game possibly. I, I believe the Panthers can actually put up some points and hang with the Lions a little bit. Um, for the Panthers, the storyline's there. Is Bryce Young up, up, to, up to the game right now? Is, is he up to playing in this league? Is it too fast, too much for him? Because he looks lost at times. He is a fantastic talent. He will get there, but is he there yet? And if he's not, then the offense isn't really going to be doing much. Miles Sanders gets volume, but can you really trust him getting about three-something yards to carry, maybe a few targets in the past game without really scoring much? Adam Thielen gets a lot of volume, so he's a decent wide receiver to or flex option, but can you really feel good about starting these guys until you see something more from Bryce Young? And for the Lions, the storyline here is Amon Ross-St. Brown. He is doubtful for this game. I'm recording this on Saturday, so I don't know if he's going to start, but if he misses, like it sounds like he will, it'll be an interesting offense they roll out. I feel like they could really lean on the run game, because they're not going to really have much guys to throw to. They'll have they'll have Josh Reynolds. They'll have um, Jameson Williams is going to play, but he probably won't play many snaps. They'll have Marvin Jones, who they seem to like for some reason, and also Sam Laporta. He could be the guy that really turns out this week with that with that Amon Ross St. Brown missing the game. But that's about it. They probably will lean on their run game. So, David Montgomery's going to get a lot of volume. And I think Jameer Gibbs might get increased work in this game because of Amon Ra missing. And if you wanted to start him, you, I think he's a good flex play this week. But again, I feel like that this game might be a little bit closer than people realize. We'll see. Then, next up, we have the Titans and the Colts. So, for the Titans. It's Derrick Henry, and that's kind of it, because their pass game, it doesn't look very good. DeAndre Hopkins still gets volume, but Ryan Tannehill is not throwing the ball very well, and the team overall just looks like this isn't their year. It doesn't look good, and they might be sellers toward the trade deadline. They might want to try to get young, so Derrick Henry... I've been hearing some people talk. Now, these aren't rumors from NFL offices, but I've been hearing some sportscasters talk that they wouldn't be surprised if Derrick Henry gets moved by the trade deadline. And then it's the Tashi Spears show. So if he is not on any benches, if he is available and waivers, pick him up now. He's already getting an increased role. And if Derrick Henry gets moved, he'll be the guy. He'll be the number one running back in that room probably a top 20, top 25 play in RB2 going forward. So I'd pick him up immediately. And for the Colts, the storyline there is Jonathan Taylor. That's a straightforward one. It sounds like he is ready to go and he might play, but how much of a role will they have? I think it's going to be limited his first game, at least maybe first couple games. So, I mean, everyone's saying that you should start him, but it's against the Titans. I don't know if I would because, and this is mainly because, if you drafted correctly and you drafted him, you were set up to understand he's not going to be in your lineup for the first few weeks, maybe even the whole season. So you should have two solid options ahead of him. In the future, he will be your RB1 or RB2. But I don't know if I'd start him yet. I need to see it first personally. And if you drafted correctly, you have two solid options ahead of him that you feel good with. Next game we're gonna go over is the Giants and Dolphins. So for the Giants, is this this team any good? Are they one of the worst teams in football? Is Daniel Jones really gonna lead this team? Score points, move the ball? It, It doesn't look good. They'll be better this week. Because they have to. They can't look any worse than they have. And the main storyline I'm looking forward to here is Darren Waller. Can he get going? He was open at times that last game. And the Jones just didn't look at him. He just threw a pick six instead against the Seahawks. Can he find Darren Waller, get him involved like he should be? He's one of the best tight ends in the game. I think they will this game. I think Darren Waller will get some touches I think he even scores this game. Now, the Giants are going to get smacked, probably beat by two touchdowns, but I think Darren Waller does score, and I think Daniel Jones does move the ball enough. And I don't think Barkley's going to play. I think he's going to miss one more week. All the signs point to he's he's not quite there yet. And for the Dolphins, the storyline here is their running back room. With Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, with Jeff Wilson Jr., coming back soon I don't think he's gonna be back this game but come back soon how are they gonna split these carries I know their coach truly believes in whoever's playing the best because all three of these guys are very similar so for now I don't know I'd probably put Mostert above A-chan because he is still Mostert's still getting most of the work but A-chan is just so explosive if you have either one of them you kind of have to start them because they can score a touchdown at any time. And the Dolphins sneakily are kind of more of a run team than they are a pass team. They're really balanced than what we might have expected on before the season started. So I would start Mostert and I would start A-Chan if you have them, unless you have something amazing in front of them. But it's hard to bench either one of those guys because of their touchdown scoring potential. Next game we have the Saints and the Patriots. This could be an ugly fantasy game where the ball isn't moved much. Lots of three and outs. Maybe some turnovers for the Saints. Is Derek Carr healthy? Can he pass the ball? Last week he shouldn't have played, I don't think. He looked bad. He just looked bad. He couldn't move the ball. Olave got one catch. He needs to get much more than that. So the And the Patriots defense is dinged up a little bit with their rookie being out for the year with judon missing probably the year as well so maybe the saints can move the ball but i'm not excited about it i'm starting olave i'm starting kamara and then that's it i'm not comfortable anywhere else with the saints and for the patriots they are looking bad they really really need to win this game i'll own up to it i said that they might beat the cowboys last week that was nowhere near to be true that was just an awful pick on my part they looked bad can the patriots get things going they truly are missing a receiver right now they have Ramondre stevenson who you're starting they have zeke who's okay and then they have hunter henry and that's about it they really need something else in this offense unless they just want to tank this season away and try to grab one of those top quarterbacks, which I don't think that's a Bill Belichick thing. So it it's it's not been pretty for the Patriots. And then next up, we have the Ravens and the Steelers. This is going to be one of those classic, just smack you in the mouth, physical games. It's a rivalry that's been very, very painful for these teams for a long time. It, it's going to hurt when they play this game. For the Ravens, the storyline I'm looking at here is who is going to be healthy is odell going to be truly healthy it sounds like he's going to go is he going to get targets is he going to just be out there running routes is it going to be the zay flower show and the mark Andrews show i think that's going to be the case i think it's flowers and andrews is their future with lamar jackson throwing them the ball running everywhere like he is i wasn't huge on odell going into the year and draft season and it doesn't look like it's panned out yet it's still early he can still do something but i'm i'm only comfortable with say mark andrews and lamar jackson going forward especially with their running back room being so dinged up and hurt like it is now they're um i think their rookie draft pick they drafted who's been on ir mitchell i think he should be coming back soon so if he's available and you want to take a flyer that's fine But I don't have much confidence other than Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews. And for the Steelers, the storyline there, again, is their running room. Their running back room is just strange. Najee Harris does not look good. He's getting split work with Jalen Warren, who is looking good. But they don't want to commit to either one of these guys. They want to be kind of a committee, it looks like. And when that is the case, you can't really start either one, especially against the Ravens. If you had to, you got to go with the pass catcher if you're playing PPR, so Jalen Warren over Najee Harris, but you're still not excited about it because this offense looks kind of pedestrian right now. And the next game we have is the Eagles and the Rams. This is going to be another sneaky high-scoring game. Um... I think both offenses are going to move the ball at will against the defense they're playing, even though the Eagles defense is really good. Um, They've been been scored on a lot this year, and I think the Rams are going to have to do that to keep up. For the Eagles, what I'm looking at there is just their offense as a whole. It's being very balanced, moving the ball well, spreading it around other than Dallas Goddard. Can he get going? Is he going to be a thing, or is he just going to be out there catching two or three passes a game, and that's it? Is it going to be the A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and DeAndre Swift show? That could be the case because it's working. It's working, and Jalen Hurts is just thriving from it. So if you have Dallas Carter, I'd be a little concerned. Don't drop him, but I don't know if you can start him. You might not have any other options because of the tight end position, but it's not looking good for Dallas Carter right now. And for the Rams, pretty obvious. It's Cooper Cup season, baby. Is he going to be back to full Cooper Cup? Or is he going to be out there trying to get warmed up for the first game or so before he really lets loose? I think he's going to get going and get going fast. I think they're going to let him loose because they've already sat him for four weeks, making sure they're cautious with it. I think he's going to be a full go. And I do believe that Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua can thrive together. So instead of a top 10 Puka spin the whole year, he'll be top 20 with Cooper Cup being top 10. But both of them very startable in your fantasy lineups. I think that's how it's going to be going forward. And then next we have the Bengals at the Cardinals. Mm, The Bengals, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's just Joe Burrow's calf or there is something else because it just, it doesn't look right that whole team looks like they haven't been ready this season. I don't know why they're a, such a talented football team. I don't I don't know why this is happening. But for fantasy, what I'm looking at is Joe Burrow. He, he's got he's got to get things going. He's just got to. And this is a good game for Joe Burrow to actually move the ball, maybe score some points finally. So if you've been holding on to Joe Burrow, holding on to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I think this is the week, it's got to be, I think this is the week that they get going, other than Higgins is probably going to miss, so if you want to start Tyler Boyd, if you don't have any other options, that's okay, but I wouldn't be comfortable with that, but again, I feel like this is the week, it's got to be the week that they get the ball moving down the field into the end zone, and for the Cardinals, Josh Dobbs looks legit, I mean, there's a legit conversation to start him over Joe Burrow this week. And if you do that, I can't argue with you. That's a legit decision that you can make, and a lot of people will. I'd probably still lean Joe Burrow just because of the pedigree, but it's a conversation. It's close. If you're starting Josh Dobbs over Joe Burrow, I would agree with that move. I understand where you're coming from. The Cardinals offense has been good. Marquise Brown looks great. Connor looks great. Also... Their rookie, Wilson. He's been getting the ball more now. And he is a guy that you should have picked off of Waivers. And if you did not, if he's still there, pick him up. Because I think he's going to be their number two going forward. Possibly eventually the number one. Because he's the guy that they draft and they believe in. Next we have the Jets and the Broncos. I think this. I think this is the Jets game where they get back on track. I don't really believe in the Broncos. I don't know what's going on with that franchise right now, but the Jets are going to get going. The storyline I'm looking at here is Brees Hall. Brees Hall is going to run all over this defense, in my opinion, because they're going to let him loose this game. They're saying he's not on a snap count anymore. He's looking healthy. Broncos defense is bad. Zach Wilson's been better, but they don't want to rely on him. They want to rely on their run game. Part of the reason why they Picked up Dalvin Cook in free agency. So they can have three backs back there kind of splitting the load and getting things going on the ground. So I think Brees Hall is kind of a huge game against the Broncos. And for the Broncos, what I'm looking at here is why are they not playing Marvin Mims? Every time he's on the field, something happens. Why are they limiting him? They need to do something. They need some electricity on their offense. That needs to be Marvin Mims and their other rookie, Jaleel McLaughlin, out of the backfield. They need to get those guys going. Javante Williams is probably going to miss this game, so McLaughlin will get some run with Samaje Ryan. but they, their offense just looks okay. It looks average, but the team overall looks bad, so they need some something, some spark to get going. And I think it needs to be Marvin Mims and Jaleel McLaughlin. So if you have them on your team, maybe you start McLaughlin, but you probably can't start Marvin Mims until he gets more than 10 10 to 5 snaps a game, 5 to 10 snaps a game, which is awful. So they need to get those guys the ball, and I believe they will because they have no other choice. So Jaleel McLaughlin and Marvin Mims should be on benches right now. The next we have possibly the highest fantasy game of the week, Chiefs and Vikings. For the Chiefs, Rashi Rice is what I'm looking at here. Because we know Pacheco's amazing. We know Kelsey's best tight end in the game. But Patrick Mahomes needs somebody else to throw to. If you've looked, if you've paid attention, he hasn't been Patrick Mahomes. He's been a good quarterback one. But he's quarterback eight or nine on the year, I believe in total points so it's i mean he's not been the patrick mahomes that we're used to and that's because he hasn't had a receiver to really throw to whenever kelsey's getting triple teamed and nothing's open so i think that's going to be rishi rice you need to pick him up if he's available i have him on a couple leagues and i'm just stashed him he's he's going to be the guy soon it could be this game against a not so great secondary for the vikings so you you need you need Rasheed Rice on your bench at least. And if you need a spot start, if you had, for example, an Armand Rice-St. Brown who's going to miss, and you want to plug him into there, I'm okay with that. That's a good decision. I think Rasheed Rice could get in the end zone in this game. And for the Vikings, the storyline I'm looking at for them is going to be Jordan Addison. Last week, he only got one target. It was an end zone target, but he only got one target. But... They tried to run the ball. They tried to grind that one out because they were winless at that time, and they just really wanted to win, which worked. But that won't work against the Chiefs. Jordan hasson's going to have to be on the field more and more and more, especially this week. So I feel like he's going to get a lot of looks, a lot of targets, may even score again. Chiefs secondary doesn't necessarily scare you. They have one legit corner who's going to shadow Jefferson. Other than that, they're their secondary doesn't scare you so I think Jordan Addison get free get in the end zone get some love so he's what I'm looking for as far as storylines for the Vikings game the next we have Sunday night football this is going to be the game of the week this is going to be a fun game to watch Cowboys at 49ers for the Cowboys what I'm looking at here is they're going to have to actually play offense this game Their defense isn't going to score two touchdowns for them and carry them to victory. Can Dak Prescott Prescott, be the guy? Can he move the ball down the field, score touchdowns, not turn the ball over, and have them compete in this game? I don't know. I don't know if he's that guy. You're going to be trusting CeeDee Lamb. You're going to be trusting Tony Pollard. Jake Ferguson looks good. He should be on teams. But I don't trust Dak Prescott. He's going to have to make plays this game, and I don't know if he can do it. And then for the 49ers, what I'm looking at here is other than Christian McCaffrey, who can you really trust? You have to start Debo Samuel. You have to start Brandon Ayuk. You don't need to start George Kittle. In fact, I personally wouldn't start Kittle unless Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk missed the game. If they were hurt then i would start kittle if both of them play i don't think i can i know tight end is such a wasteland there's not many options but as we saw in most of the games this week last week included he doesn't really get the ball much when the other two guys are out there but when one of them misses like when Ayuk missed i think week three it was george kittle got targets he got some catches he had like seven catches for 70 yards he was very very usable so I don't believe Debo or IU are going to miss this game. They seem healthy, so I wouldn't start George Kittle. Um, but if one of them misses the game, you, you can put him in your lineup and feel confident. And the last game we have, Monday Night Football, Packers and Raiders. This one could have some points scored. For the Packers, what I'm looking at here is Jordan Love. Is he a thing? Is he good? Is he going to carry this franchise offensively to move the ball enough to keep them afloat? I don't know. I don't know. if He's had some good games. Then he's had games like last week where it looked awful. I don't know. That's what I'm looking at. Um, the receivers, Romeo Dobbs looks awesome. He looks like a PPR machine. He should be in lineups. Christian Watson, he may finally be healthy. So you probably can feel fine starting him. You kind of have to where you drafted him. And their rookie Reed, he looks good, but I don't know if they can support all three. So this week it's probably going to be Dobbs and Watson, and then Luke Musgrave. I mean, he's very talented, but he's been he got concussed last week. Is he going to be involved? Is he not? I don't know. But is Jordan Love the guy? that's what I'm looking for this season. And for the Raiders, the storyline here is going to be Josh Jacobs again. He got he got some run last game. He got some points last game. He looked pretty good. I think they need to lean on him more than they are because their defense is average to below average. They don't need to be on the field much. So I think the Raiders need to grind out the clock, give the ball to Jacobs early and often, with, of course, Devontae and Jacoby Myers getting basically all the targets on offense. So what I'm looking for for the Raiders is Josh Jacobs. He needs to get the ball. He needs to get the ball more. He needs to be more involved than he has been. Okay, well, that was the week five preview. Now, as we always do, guys, let's get real. And I want to talk about relationships for the next two podcasts, actually, this week and next week. This week specifically, I want to talk about dating and being intentional, not just dating to date. And what I mean by that is dating as a Christian You should have a goal in that. You should just go out, meet someone, and want to date them just for the socialization and the fun of it. The goal needs to be a long-term relationship, getting to know someone. That could be a spouse in the future. And for example, I like to give an example of my life. My wife that I have right now, Joy, she's amazing. Um, When we were dating... She kind of surprised me by how intentional she was, and I so appreciated and respected it, and it was just a beautiful thing going forward in our dating relationship. What she did is she didn't kind of lightly go, well, what's your favorite color? What do you like to eat? What are your hobbies? No, she wanted to get to know me as a person. Not my favorites list, so to speak, but who am I? are you a person for me in fact when we were dating we'd be like just in my car talking after work when i got off late she would literally at the beginning of every time we we're together openly pray to god and ask if this is a dumpster fire this, those are her words it was kind of kind of funny but she said if this was a dumpster fire she prayed to god that she that he breaks this up immediately so neither one of us can really hurt one another neither one of us gets hurt if it's not meant to be, break it up. That's what she would pray, and I respected that. kind of caught me off guard, but I respected that. And she also asked some serious questions. She would send me texts and ask me, okay, what's your view with contentment and complacency? Have you struggled with pornography in the past? How close are you to your family? Why? Why not? She asked the real questions, and that's what we should be doing in relationships, in the dating game, so to speak. When we go out dating, we need to be intentional. In fact, one of the coolest things that happened during Joy and I's dating life, her mom is the most important person in her life. um, And she wanted me to get to know her mom, have a conversation with her, have her mom get to know me while we were dating And it was looking like it was getting kind of serious. We can see this could go somewhere, that this could be a potential. Um, Joy wanted me to kind of get the okay or the go-ahead or approval, so to speak, of her mom. So what happened? Joy gave her mom my phone number. We texted back and forth, set up a time to meet. We met at a restaurant. And I said, okay, well, I'll I'll see you at that time, 7 o'clock, whatever time it was. And Joy's mom sent back a text. She said, okay, see you there. Bring was resume with a little, like, winky smiley face emoji. So she meant that as a joke, as kind of being silly and fun. But I read that and I thought, you know what? That's a really good idea. I'm going to do that. So, for the next few days, before the time that we picked, I typed up a resume on my computer on my dating life, on my relationship history, on why. I am a good fit for your daughter, to Joy's mom. And when I presented that to her, she was just so shocked in a good way. She shed some tears when she read that. I put what you would expect in a job resume, in that resume. I put my history of my past relationships, failures, successes, what I learned. I put my strengths. I put my weaknesses. I put my intentions with her daughter and I put why I believe I'm a good man to be with your daughter in the future. I put all that in that resume, I backed up with scripture, I put a lot of work into it and it just, it it kind of floored her in a good way. She was just taken aback and she did not expect that and at the end of that um, conversation we had at the restaurant she said that I was the guy she was praying for. For her daughter for such a long time her whole life and now joy and i have that resume we have a copy of it we're going to frame in our house because it was such a turning point in our relationship and i just would encourage anyone out there that's dating right now looking for someone do it intentionally don't just date for fun because when you do it intentionally that is when you can find the one that god has for you like i did with my joy Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining in and the week five preview for the Fantasy Football CU podcast. Be sure to check out my website at fantasyfootballcu.com. We have a lot of videos on fantasy football, how to teach you how to play better, play to win, not just join in and struggle all the time. And we have a community you can join in where you can chit-chat with all of us, ask questions, hang out, fellowship, and join in live webinars weekly, where I will dive in deep into what's going on this week, what I'm looking at, and try to help you as much as I can during the fantasy season. Thank you guys for joining in. See you next week. God bless you all.